I want to invite you to stand with me if you are able as we read God's word from the Gospel of John, starting in verse 10 in chapter 1. He was in the world, and the world came into being through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to what was his own, and his own people did not accept him. But to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave power to become children of God, who were born not of blood or of the will of the flesh or of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh. The word became flesh and lived among us. And we have seen his glory, and the glory is of a father's only son, full of grace and truth. John testified to him and cried out, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks ahead of me because he was before me. From his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. The law indeed was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God. It is God, the only Son, who is close to the Father's heart, who has made him known. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. This text is vitally important for us in understanding who Jesus was and who Jesus is. And why we worship Jesus. For we truly can't really understand this text, though, without reading more. This text can't be understood by itself. This text can't really be understood without reading the Old Testament. It can't only be understood just with the New Testament. We need to be able to hear the entire story of God before we can understand this text. Now, I'm not going to keep you here and read through all of Scripture this morning, I promise. Um, But I do want to take us through the entire story of God real quick, pretty briefly, this morning, going back to Genesis so that we can get a better glimpse of what this text means for us this morning and what this means for the Christmas season. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. God spoke And creation began to be transformed from chaos to order. God spoke and all of creation fell into place. God spoke into creation all things, the sun, the moon, the stars, the plants, and all of creation. God said that it was good. God said that it was good. And all of creation, all that God had created was good. And God wanted to create humans in God's own image. And God said that it was good. These humans were to be God's hands and feet on the earth, given the task of caring for creation. These humans received the breath of life. God breathed into them the breath of life, and it was good. God made them tenders of the garden and watchers over all of the creatures. Through God's spoken word, the earth was created and life was given. In the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, Adam and Eve were given this care over all of creation. They were given dominion so that creation would live as God intended it. And yet, they sought after their own gain, seeking to be as gods themselves. They sought to be as gods with all the knowledge of good and evil. They listened to a servant a serpent who promised the position of a God while ignoring and forgetting the promises of a good life 
that God had promised them in his creation. They ignored the call that God placed on their lives, choosing to take their fate into their own hands. Even though the first humans failed in what God had called them to, God still loves and loved his creation. And he would still shape his people to act and to embody what God had called them to from the beginning. So God spoke again. God spoke to Abraham and Sarah, calling them to be the ancestors of a nation of people who would be God's chosen people. Abraham and Sarah had been begging God for children. They had prayed and prayed for a child, just one. And God spoke, promising countless descendants, descendants that would outnumber the stars. Even though this couple was beyond childbearing age, they would have more descendants, more children than they could count. And through God's faithfulness and a miracle pregnancy, the nation of Israel would be formed. Through Abraham and Sarah's son Isaac and then his son Jacob, the nation of Israel would be created. This nation blessed by God in order to bless other nations. The promise that God spoke over Abraham The world would know the love and power of Yahweh through this nation. Abraham and Sarah had prayed faithfully for a child and they had believed that God would fulfill this promise. And God continued to remind them that God would fulfill this promise. But after time, they began to doubt as they grew older. Despite the promises of God, they took matters into their own hands and they attempted to have a child through their slave, Hagar. They attempted to take fate again into their own hands, doubting that God would be faithful, and they took matters into their own hands in order to have a child. After years of living in Egypt, the empire of Egypt decided to enslave God's people. These people had lived for years and years in captivity, crying to Yahweh for their salvation. And then from the midst of a burning bush, God spoke again to Moses a shepherd tending his flock. God called this shepherd to stand in front of Pharaoh, king over Egypt, and to demand that the Hebrew slaves would be set free. God said that not only would Moses survive this, (laughs) demanding the slaves to be set free of a king, not only would he survive this, but he would lead the people out of slavery and into the promised (laughs) land that God had promised to their ancestors. Through the might of God, Moses would set the captive free. He would split the sea, and he would lead God's people through the desert into a land flowing with milk and honey, just as the Lord had promised. Out of the midst of a burning bush, Moses heard the voice of God calling to him and giving him the great task of freeing the Hebrew slaves. Despite this incredible sight of a bush not burning up and a voice coming from its midst, Moses doubted that God was calling the right person. Moses doubted that God actually knew who he was. He doubted and said, surely you're talking to the wrong man. You can't be asking me to do this. But Moses obeyed and he went and he did lead the Israelites out of captivity and through the desert. But yet at the end of his life, Moses is not allowed to enter into the promised land because he did not fully trust in God's provision And he did not reflect God's holiness at the end of his life to the people of God. 
And so he sat on a hill from the outside of the promised land and looked in. While in the desert, God called Moses on to Mount Sinai and spoke the law that was to be followed by the Israelites. This law was to be followed in order that they may love their God well, they may care for each other, and they may care for themselves. This law was to create the order that God had intended in the beginning, in original creation. This is what God had always intended for creation to live in harmony together and in right relationship with God. This law made room for those who were alone, for those who were left out. This law was intended so that all nations would see the love of Yahweh and they might be blessed by it. This God who brought the Israelites out of captivity and led them through the desert. He provided food and water throughout their journey. God gave the people a law to live as the Lord had intended. And yet the people broke the laws time and time again. They never fully saw the intention that God had in this law. They strayed to other gods. They did not welcome the stranger. They wanted to be like other nations. They wanted a human king instead of God as their king. God spoke to the people and they might have heard, but they did not listen. Choosing to embody their own selfish desires instead of God's law. The people, they cried out for a king. They wanted a human king instead of God. And so God let them have what they wished for. After the people asked God for a king, God gave them what they were wanting. He gave them King Saul. This did not go well as God knew it wouldn't. Saul was the king that they wanted, but it was not what they needed. And so God anointed another king after his own heart, after Saul, King David, the shepherd boy. God spoke through the prophet Samuel and anointed David to be king passing by all of David's brothers, passing by the strongest, passing by the most handsome, David, the shepherd boy, out in the field, the youngest, was anointed king of Israel. The king who had a heart after God's own heart, this king was anointed over Israel and he united 12 tribes of Israel after a lot of strife bringing together united people of the kingdom of God. The shepherd boy who played the harp in the fields became the king who wrote most of the psalms that we still read and find comfort in. Even the shepherd king, though, allowed the power of kingship to take his eyes from what God had called him to. King David lusted after a woman and had her husband murdered and took her for himself. Later in life, David's willing blindness to what was happening in his own household caused his, one of his sons to abuse one of his daughters, which caused strife and later murder and war between his children. We can see throughout the Old Testament that God spoke words of life. God called his people to act in ways that he had set before them. God spoke and his people were to embody the words that he had spoken The people were to take the words of the Lord and to live them out. They were to be the picture of Yahweh on earth. Unfortunately, this did not always happen. The word of God was never meant to be just that. Words. The word of God is not something that just sounds nice or just makes us feel good. 
The word of God is not for us to hear and still live our lives with our own purposes in mind. After Israel failed time and time again to embody the word of God and to live as God called them to live, the word became flesh. Israel was called to be a light in the darkness, shining for all the nations to see, but yet darkness continually overcame Israel. Praise be to God that the darkness cannot overcome the light. The word made flesh. And the word became flesh and lived among us. And we have seen his glory. The glory as of a father's only son, full of grace and truth. All of the promises that God made. All of the law that God gave. The life that God intended for us was made into flesh in Jesus Christ. The word made flesh in a child, humble and weak. The word made flesh in a baby who nursed, in a child who had to learn how to walk. The word made flesh in a young boy who sat in the temple and learned and taught. The word made flesh who healed the sick, fed the hungry, made the lame walk and the blind see. This word made flesh reordered everything that we held to be true This word made flesh put the first, last, and the last first. This word made flesh who showed us the glory of God, grace, and truth of God's law. No longer do we have room to interpret God's word in our own favor, to use God's word for our own advantage. No longer are we able to use the word of God to put ourselves before others. Because the word has been made flesh, the word has been embodied, there can be no question in the way that we are to live. This word made flesh through Jesus shows us how important our bodies are for the gospel. It is vitally important for our hearts to be turned in the right direction. And once our hearts are pointed towards God, our bodies must follow. Our bodies are not separate from our salvation. For it was God's very own body that brought us the word made flesh. God's very own body brought us salvation. God created humans so that in the beginning his word would be embodied in the acts of the humans, but they failed. Jesus gives us the hope that embodying the word of God is not only possible, but it is necessary. And we do not do this by our own might. The story of God shows us that the people of God failed in their own strength over and over again. They could not do it on their own. But we know that Jesus came and has poured out the Holy Spirit, has poured out the Spirit of God so that we may be filled with the Spirit and we can literally be the Word made flesh if we are full of the Spirit of God and we embody the law of God. We can be the body of Christ as Christ was the word made flesh. We have record of about three years of Jesus' life in the gospel. That means that there are about 30 years of Jesus' life before his dedicated ministry began. The gospel tells us that Jesus was not the word made flesh once he began his ministry. He was the word made flesh in his birth. Jesus was always the word made flesh, the embodiment of God's law. I want you to picture with me what the first 30 years of Jesus' life might have looked like. 
we have just a couple of small glimpses into Jesus's early life. We knew that as a young boy, he went to the temple and had things taught to him, but he also taught in the temple. We knew that as he grew older, he grew in wisdom and in stature. I can picture the young Jesus going outside and playing games with his friends. The young Jesus boy splashing in puddles after a heavy rain. Maybe when the thunder got to be too loud, he ran and hid in Mary's skirts. I imagine that as Jesus got older, maybe he went and helped Joseph in the shop, learned some carpentry skills. Maybe Jesus learned to haggle with customers who came in. Maybe whenever they went to the synagogue, Mary, Joseph, and Jesus always sat in the same pew. And everybody knew that that was their pew. The word made flesh lived as we have lived, a normal but yet extraordinary, sinless life. God is calling us to do the same. God has given us our example. God has been made flesh so that we might know in what way we are to go. What would it look like for you to embody the word of God every day? Although we won't be sharing in communion this morning and morning in order to prevent the spread of COVID, communion is a practice that we take because we believe that God is the word made flesh. We believe that in some mysterious way, when we participate in communion, God is at work. God is transforming us into his likeness. When we come and we eat from this table, we are reminded of what the word made flesh is and what he has done for us. And we beg that God will transform us into his likeness. As the praise team comes, I want us to consider Jesus, the word made flesh, who lived as you and I live, who was born as you and I were born. Are you the word made flesh? Have you embodied the word of God in your everyday life? Do you live in a transformed life and body of one filled with the Holy Spirit?